Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. Today's episode with John Garcia Jr., Director of Football Recruiting at Sports Illustrated, is brought to you by LinkedIn. And yes, I got my co-host back with me, John Garcia Jr. Uh, took a little hiatus from Locked on Longhorns. So, uh, John, let the people know how you've been. It's, it's been a while. I know they missed you. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I've been, been uh, in and out over here and I got to watch Texas and Alabama from a hospital bed, but not for me. I actually had my first child, so I wish the screen was bigger in there, but uh, we certainly won't won't forget how crazy that whole game felt, even on a little 18-inch uh, TV or whatever it was. So, yeah, we've, we've been busy over here in the Garcia household, but all is well. Everyone's healthy, and we're ready to get back into it. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't know if he was going to tell y'all. I certainly wasn't going to tell y'all, but since he did, man, you know, my, my, my boy John uh, had his first child. Definitely uh, really excited for him and, and happy to have him back um, on Locked On Longhorns. So, um, you know, we got to talk recruiting. You're the director of football recruiting at Sports Illustrated. And my future quarterback, Arch Manning, there was a lot of doubt. You know, there was a lot of hate. He even, you know, dropped down a little bit in the SI-99, John. You know, <laughs> people was down on Arch Manning. After his junior season, they were saying, oh, he should be a three-star if his last name was Manning, and he's not playing enough competition. You know, it looks like he's out there playing JV kids. And my boy Arston came out and shut everybody up. I haven't heard nothing about it. First of all, they said he's playing against lower-level competition. He's 3-1 and one this season. I think, um, you know, I think he's beating two 5A teams. And he's 57 for 95, 807 passing yards with 15 total touchdowns on the season in just four games. So, um, as a talent evaluator, talk about what you've seen um, from Arch Manning and the growth you've seen from his junior to senior year, because he looks a lot better than what we saw last year thus far. Yeah, J.D., he's in complete command. And that's really when, when you watch a senior, especially at quarterback and especially as a four-year starter like he is, you want to see a jump kind of in the comfort. You, you expect the numbers to be good. You expect there to be production and a whole lot of winning. And, and he's checked those boxes Really, it shouldn't have been any worry about it, but I guess there was. But uh, he's checked those boxes in a big way. But it's the comfort for me that I've really liked uh, with Arch as a senior in 2022. He's a little bit bigger, a little bit more nimble at the same time. So I think those are really positive things to take away at 6'4", 225 pounds. But the processing, the the decision-making to run the football and the effectiveness as a runner – I think are are some of the more intriguing things we've seen with him as a senior. We know, again, that's been a priority for him for two years now to really uh, develop his his running ability. We saw it in spurts as a junior, and we're seeing it now consistently as a senior, and that also helps with the throwing on the run department. I think that's that's kind of where, as a freshman, he started to wow everybody, his ability outside the pocket, but now he's polishing up in that regard. I, I think we take for granted – um, his polish, right? We expect it to be just so A1 and, and kind of cut and dry, but this is a 17, 18-year-old kid. Uh, so I, I think when he makes these big steps, we should, you know, kind of shower shower the flowers there with him in that regard, just like we would for any other prospect. So he gets the least benefit of the doubt yet and still he's showing up every single week and, and making big plays. And, and I think this past week in the loss, we might have found out more about him compared to some of the big gaudy wins that he's had because he was running for his life most of that game uh, against really great players. Um, so the toughness factor, which is never talked about with Arch, came into play. You know, his his O-line is young. He, his top target as a, a pass catcher is, is Will Randall wasn't out there 
for this game. So he was kind of undermanned uh, against a very talented Manny high school roster. And he took some lumps, but got back up and, and kept competing um, and, and led a bit of a comeback there in the end, although they fell short. So I think, you know, the mental competence and toughness is starting to show up for Arch in addition to more of the mobile um, and, and comfortable elements that we're starting to see with him as a senior. So really ex- excited to see how, how the rest of the season goes. And and yeah, he, he won't be dropping uh, anytime soon in, in our rankings as, as if top 10 overall is, is the worst thing in the world. You know, we've seen nothing to move him in, in that direction. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, I just took a quick look at the SI-99, and you had him at 10th overall, and I believe the uh, quarterback five. So uh, that was before the season, based on what you've seen through four games. I haven't kept up with the other quarterbacks. I've been uh, entrenched in, in, in Texas football. But would you say after four games, I know it's early, is he closer to quarterback five or or maybe a little higher at this point? He's probably a little higher at this point, to be honest. Uh, you know, I think – at a lot of positions, production isn't something you know we weigh heavily, but at quarterback, it is. It really is what you're attached to, um, and I think him being more productive in a new offense, again, just shows us how quickly he can now buy into something new, which is obviously something we're going to see next year, right? So I think that has been a nice and timely sample for Arch. If the numbers were the same or a little bit lower compared to last year in a new offense, it would have been fine and understandable yet he's he's at a higher clip we see more mobility uh, as well we now we've seen some toughness on top of it in addition to learning a new system which by the way his coach tells us you know he is very much involved with in terms of play calling and things like that so not only are you securing the bag against teams you should dominate but you're competing as as a play caller on top of all this so I, I think there's there's been nothing but positive to take away from arch in 22 so far yeah, so while you were out uh, on dad duty, uh, Texas lost out on, on Jalen Hill. Um, but um, almost immediately after, uh, you started hearing rumblings of DeAndre Moore. His top two were down to Texas and Louisville. He ultimately committed to Louisville, a top 75 receiver in the nation out of St. John Bosco in California. But right after Jalen Hill committed, you started hearing rumblings of DeAndre Moore possibly flipping uh, to the University of Texas. So talk about his skill set and, and, and how he would fit in Steve Sarkeesian's offense. Yeah, he, he's more of a balanced, kind of versatile prospect. Hale is your tall, outside, blow the top off the defense type of wide receiver as to where Moore is, is a guy you can line up in the slot, you can hand him the football, you can throw bubble screens to him and, and let him work thereafter, but he could also put together a route and win at the catch point. And, and he's done so in some pretty high-profile settings. He was at Los Alamitos with Malachi Nelson, one of the top quarterbacks last year. Now he's at St. John Bosco, as you mentioned, the, probably the number one high school in the country in terms of football in 2022. So another kid who's, who's been able to buy into some new systems with success. Um, but I really like just the, the variance he provides as a wide receiver. He's, he's not the big kind of limited wide out that's in the boundary he's a guy you can line up all over the field and 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 see have an impact in in a lot of different ways depending on your scheme and and personnel so I think he would provide a little bit more balance to this receiver core that that Texas is starting to build because you 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 want that variance you want to have different guys who could do different things Uh, so I think he would be an excellent addition and I think an underrated pickup relative to Louisville I think look Texas fans are are some of the most highly educated and understanding of high level everything that there is out there. 
But on paper, if you say, oh, they flipped the Louisville commit after losing out for Jalen Hale, it might not hit the same way. But when you take into consideration that Louisville went crazy on the trail when he committed and the fact that now at Bosco, his quarterback is a Louisville commitment. Uh, so for him to pick Texas, despite all of those things, I do think would represent a really strong recruiting win on the trail. And this is not a Texan, right? This is a Californian pushing well outside the footprint. So I think if you, if he does end up making the flip and look, he'll take another trip to Austin before all is said and done, which is big because he's already taken that official to Louisville. I do think it would play better than maybe the optics would suggest. Look, I, I don't care where he committed to. Like I said, that's a top 75 player uh, uh, in the country. Right. And um, you said Bosco might be the number one team in the country. I know Allen ain't what they used to be, but they came down here to Texas and whooped up on Allen yeah. in, in week one for sure. All right. We're going to talk about two future members of the triplets, Cedric Baxter and Jonte Cook next. First, a uh, quick word from Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right, John. So I have to ask you about Cedric Baxter. And he's on a mission to prove to every recruiting site that he's the number one running back in the nation. And it could be burnt orange Kool-Aid. You know, he is a future member of this Texas team. So you know, I'm going to come out here on Locked All Longhorns and say he is the best running back in the nation thus far through four games, 952 rushing yards, over 1,000 yards from scrimmage and eight total touchdowns. What have you seen from your fellow Floridian, Cedric Baxter? Well, look, we've got him number one already, so I'm, I'm appreciating his efforts. Smart man far. right here on Locked On Longhorn. <laughs> Shout out to my co-host. <laughs> I'm appreciating his efforts. Look, I, I think with said, we, we knew so many things about his skill set, right? Big, downhill, certainly versatile, right? We've talked about the pass catching a ton. But, man, in 2022, he has been a home run threat on top of it. He's not not the workhorse that we thought maybe he was going to be, although he could still certainly jump into that role as needed. But he's been the home run threat. You know, he's, he's zigzagging across the field. He's outrunning guys that are 40 pounds lighter than him against good competition, right? Obviously, a kid in Orlando playing Power 5 and FBS recruits week in, week out, even the out-of-state game that they had was, was uh, against, uh, I believe, Don Bosco from up in Jersey, you know, one of the power programs up there, you know, with bigger, more conventional defenses. And he, he did the same thing to those guys. So I, I think we're, we're learning that Cedric can pretty much adapt to whatever you need him to do. If you need him to be the workhorse, that box is checked. You need him to split out and, and make moves against linebackers in the passing game, that box is checked. But we're also now seeing, hey, he can take it 80 yards, you know, on a whim, which is just not something we see at 6'2", 215, 220. And, and for me, that's why his unique skill set, you know, provides that number one ranking and, and polishes it up, if anything. It's a good group at running back, but they're all a little bit different in, in this class of 22. But I think Baxter does the most at the highest level compared to all of those. And there's no true glaring flaw in his game. And on top of it, he's probably the least experienced running back among all these guys, Owens and Richard Young, uh, et cetera. He was a receiver two years ago, Baxter was. So 
on top of all of the, the polish and versatility, there's no glaring hole despite his lack of experience at his projected position. So whether you look at the floor or the ceiling, I think for me, the conversation at running back starts with him. And as a senior, he's only bolstered that argument. Hey, shout out to Cedric Baxter for tweeting out his own stats. Everybody else, I had to dig up stats, look on, you know, multiple different sites. Cedric Baxter just tweets out his own stats after the game. So I appreciate you for that. Uh, Cedric Baxter is committed to running back university. And I feel like, you know, I know our running back room is tough. You know, Bijan's probably leaving, Roshan's probably leaving, but you still have a Jonathan Brooks, a Jaden Blue. But I think, you know, Cedric Baxter could come right in and start right away at Texas. I think that highly of him. What do you think? Do you think he's uh, he could be a starter right away as a true freshman or do you see him as a, a rotational piece early on? I think he could be the first guy off the bus uh, or first guy to get the handoff, I should say, because I think his skill set is that unique. And then physically, my gosh, I mean, he's about as ready day one as as it gets in college football. So, yeah, I, I think. There could be rotation, and that's certainly the trend we see uh, with most offenses in the modern scheme. But in terms of his ability to play in that spread that Sark wants to run, uh, including some of that receiving ability, I, I really find a hard time believing he's not going to get a good amount of carries right out of the gate, provided you know he's healthy and, and ready to go from, from a playbook standpoint uh, next year at Texas. And, and I think that's part of the reason why he picked Texas. The running back room – Certainly has talent, um, but not the type of talent that he brings to the table. I think, uh, you know, Blue's more of a, a home run hitter. Uh, I think Brooks can certainly pick him up and put him down as well. But I just think Baxter, from a size and skill set standpoint, can do just a little bit more. And, and, and look, the guy who's leaving, you know, Bijan Robinson has had so much of that in his own bag when he got to Texas with a running back room that was equally as talented. So I, I think those guys just naturally find their way on the field and running backs, one of those positions where we do see a lot of successful transitions from high school to college. A lot of freshman stars in the country right now are, are running backs. Whether you look at the kid from Cal, kid from West Virginia, I mean, the list goes on and on, you know, those guys can make that jump at that position more so uh, successfully than some of these other spots. Yeah, if Cedric starts next year, I'll tweet out his stats for him. He ain't even got to worry about that. And I'm glad you mentioned that uh that big 240-pound monster from West Virginia, Donaldson, in the backfield, because, boy, does he scare me this Saturday. Uh, Jontae Cook, one of the most explosive players in the country thus far, 19 catches for 348 yards and five touchdowns. What have you seen from junior year to senior year for the DeSoto star at the wideout position? More polish, and I, I think the torque and the big plays are still there, but we're seeing him put together routes at a higher clip. I, I think when you have the raw juice uh, that that Jonte does, where you look his whole life, he's been the quickest, fastest, twitchiest guy on the field. It's easy to just rely on that, right, and just kind of be known as as that guy who can go zero to sixty really quickly and outrun you. But I do think his development as a route runner is something we, we saw this offseason and it's continued on uh, with him during the fall. And, and that has allowed him to produce at a higher clip, even though every single defense he faces knows, hey, you got to slow down Cook. You got to deal with Cook. He's still able to be a little bit more productive than he was as an underclassman, at least in terms of his, his numbers now and where they might project. I mean, he could have his biggest season to date as a senior. Uh, and again, when you're playing that type of competition in the Dallas area, that's really hard to do. So for him to continue to, to progress from a number standpoint while polishing up, I, I do think says a lot. And he's a guy, again, you, you have a hard time imagining a lot of this, this great recruiting class we're talking about 
it's hard to imagine a lot of these guys sitting as early as, as next year. And, and Cook has given you less reason to believe, you know, he's, he's going to have to, you know, wait to maybe blossom in Austin. Jonah Wilson, another receiver that's expected to catch passes from Archibald Manning uh, down in Decaney, uh, down here in Houston with me, actually. Thus far in four games, he's averaging 137 yards per, uh, per game receiving and five touchdowns in four games. Looks to be uh, a huge riser candidate. I think on three said they moved him up like 111 spots, <laughs> which is crazy. And I can see him moving up on a, a, a lot of other uh, sites as well. So. Um, what do you like about Jonah Wilson? And do we have to give Brendan Marion credit for kind of being early on, on this recruitment? Because Jonah Wilson doesn't look like the 250th best player in the country to me. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he's absolutely, you know, making plays every single Friday night. Uh, and another one who everyone knows the ball's coming his way, but it just kind of hasn't mattered. And I think that's where he's been so impressive. He's not the speedster that cook is, or, or he doesn't have this amazing frame that you're like, Oh my gosh, that's wide receiver one, but the production and the catch potential, the catch radius, I should say, and the ability at the catch point has really become impressive. There's so many highlights I've watched of him where the DB's draping all over him, maybe some PI involved or not yet. He's still making the catch. So the body control, the awareness and the ability to win those contested balls uh, has really become impressive. Uh, his routes look really good. Uh, he's, he's transitioning with relative ease on, on a, a nice frame, right? Six, two, six, three, 200 pounds or so. So it's not like he's this little slot receiver. He's doing it with, with a big frame as well. And, and that's what you want from, from those guys. You know, again, you want to build variants, right? So you've got your, your Jonte Cook, who can do a little bit of everything. Niblet, who's an elite slot receiver. And now with Wilson, a guy who you can work in the boundary and work some of those back shoulder balls with his catch radius and, and body awareness. So again, you're building kind of a whole crew to play with one another at the next level, even though, of course, as, as you said, Texas isn't done at the position. Yeah. Uh, Quick word from the Longhorn real estate team, and I'm going to ask John Garcia his honest assessment of this Texas team through four weeks. Dwell in Austin and Hill Country Mortgages have combined to make your Longhorn real estate team for all your real estate needs in the Austin area. Make sure you're visiting www.longhornrealestateteam.com in a changing, more complex market. You need to work with the top professionals in Austin. Our data and information-driven approach gives our clients a significant advantage. Decades of experience in all market conditions make us able to achieve the best results for our clients. And our clients for years have outperformed the market, leveraging our proprietary research, information, and expertise, which is now more important than ever. Hill Country Mortgages and Dwell in Austin have combined to make your Longhorn real estate team for all your real estate needs in Austin. Make sure you're visiting www.longhornrealestateteam.com. Hill Country Mortgages, LLC, NMLS 2324262. Jonathan Sarver, NMLS 993872. Equal housing opportunity. All right, John. So Texas started off with the 52 to 10 win over ULM. And they came back in a hard fought battle and lost to Alabama 20 to 19 when Sark came out and said, we didn't lose to Alabama. We just ran out of time. I'll let y'all judge what y'all think about that quote. And then UTSA, they got down 17 to 7 and then outscored them for the rest of the game, 34 to 3, to win that game 41 to 20. And then this past Saturday, they fell in overtime to the Texas Tech Red Raiders, the tortilla throwers, 37 to 34. So, John, we've had our share of ups and downs already this early into the season. This is Texas, I guess. What's your honest assessment of this Longhorn team through four weeks? 
Well, look, I think you can start in a lot of places. I'll I'll probably start with with this Bama game because I do think that we are we see the potential, right? You see the potential there. The Texas defense hadn't looked that good in two years, maybe longer from from what I've seen. Um, but you saw this this ability to rise to the occasion, um, and, and then right after that, I, I think the sandwich in between those first and the fourth games. You play Bama, you play up to Bama, and then you you suffer a bit of a letdown early on against UTSA, and then boom, you bounce back. Um, and I think that's that's something that should be celebrated with Texas, right? There's resiliency. This group has had to deal with a ton of injuries, obviously, most notably at quarterback, a young offensive line. There's there's been easy detractors here, um, but they've they've navigated through those and, and even on to Texas Tech where, yeah, you probably should have won the game. But, man, it, it wasn't even those circumstances that slowed you down. Right. They got hot at the right time. I mean, Bijan's fumble. My goodness. How could you if if that's the the, the hill you die on? you deal with it, right? You're okay with that. If it comes down to something like that, it probably shouldn't have, but if it does, you understand, Hey, that's, that's the guy you want to to have the ball in his hands. And if he, he doesn't do it, he doesn't do it. So I, I do think there's, there's certainly a lot of roller coaster uh, emotions to deal with, with Texas this season, but it's going to pay off. I, I think you've, you've been in these wild games where you've been behind and you've trailed and it's been dramatic. Now you've, you've gone on the road, once uh and, and had some more drama in that regard i do think that's going to help build some character for this texas team but again the injuries is it's hard to ignore right it's hard to ignore what we saw from quinn and that ability to push the ball down the field against secondary players from alabama who are going to play on sundays right so i think that that um potential that ceiling is so intriguing maybe salivating for the texas fan base and it should create some benefit of the doubt for this team here going forward. Uh, but the numbers got to get better too, right? I mean, I was looking it up earlier uh, in the seventies on total offense and in total defense, the turnover margin is negative right now. Um, you know, you're beyond the top 100 overall in the FBS in third down uh, conversion percentage. So I, I do think there are, are plenty of things to clean up, uh, but I do think the personnel is, has afforded some flexibility with that expectation. It's not, it's not something at two and two you you look at and say it's a disappointment. I, I don't know how you can get to that point as a, a Texas fan or even as a, a, a fan of a, a Texas rival. Maybe how do you get to the point where that feels like a disappointment when you know controversy aside, who knows what should happen in the Bama game uh, where you shouldn't have even been in the game. Let's be honest. And then obviously a tough overtime loss on the road to Texas Tech when your best player does something we're not used to seeing him do. I mean, th those things, in addition to the injuries and everything else, I don't know how you arrive at a disappointing place with Texas with, with all of those facts. But look, everything's still ahead uh, of this group going forward, right? The Big 12 is – it could be a mess, you know, th this year. You know, th these teams, nobody looks like – far and away the best program, although Kansas's record, I guess, would, would say otherwise at this moment. Um, you know, Baylor's look Rock beatable. Job. You know, they, they, they lost to, to BYU. They don't look the same as they did a year ago. Uh, Okie State, the same deal. I, I just don't see, obviously, Oklahoma lost last week. I just don't see a runaway program in this Big 12, and I think that could be good for Texas because, again, 
even the losses have been character building type losses. It hasn't been a wow, Texas didn't belong here type of loss or feel or anything embarrassing like Kansas last year. So until that point, I do think I'm, I'm going to give Texas the benefit of the doubt and, and expect more wins than losses going forward with, again, still a very clear shot at a Big 12 crown. You know, I never thought that anybody could come on Locked on Longhorns and be more positive about Texas than than I have. But I went on a rant earlier in the week after they lost to, to Texas Tech. And you just came out here and was like, everything's fine, man. I know they're two and two, but everything's fine. So I appreciate you for that, John. And, you know, as you said, they have lost two games, but they've been by a combined four points. So everything they want to do uh, this season is still in front of them. Man, this was a great episode. I'm glad to have you back. You know, John, uh, uh, thank you for, for coming back on Lockdown Longhorns. Once again, the director of football recruiting at Sports Illustrated, John Garcia, Jr. As always, Longhorn Nation, peace. Let's beat West Virginia.